That was, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, down here. No, listen. We're past. I don't know. Uh-uh. No, we're past the audio check. Way down here. We're done. We're done with the audio check. Come way down here. I don't want to hear it. I want you to tell the baby nation what they just heard. You get you. You get another run at this, my friend. Baby nation, what you just heard was a very special intro tune. It sounded like you may have recognized it as our theme song by Scott Lamb, but it was not our theme song by Scott Lamb. What it was was our theme song by hit California garage punk band. Our very favorite band. Our very favorite band. In the entire world. Friends of the podcast. Superb. Superb rat. Rat. Okay, superb rat. <laughs> Doing our intro theme. Mm-hmm. We played it just then. We'll yeah. play it at the end, too. And I think maybe from now on, it'll just be the new outro music. Yeah. I think we'll stick with Scott at the start, and we'll stick with Super Brat at the the finish. Well, you know what's fucking perfect about this that makes me smile to think about? Uh-huh. Is that Scott Lamb, after now 30 episodes, yeah. just finally announced. Finally. Because he's heard that it's trendy and cool. Yeah. Has, that he's decided, he's deigned to listen to the podcast. Yeah, he finally got around to listening to the podcast, he told me last he week. He had a few criticisms. It wasn't quite up his alley, but, yeah. you know, there, he, there are a few things. He liked it better than he expected. He did like it better than he expected, and he did have a few criticisms. And yeah. also, he just listened to one episode, and it was the most recent episode, and he mm. was like, there were some jokes I didn't really get. It seems <laughs> like there's a lot of like weird inside jokes. I was like, yeah, man, like yeah. you kind of have to start at the beginning. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. Um, but given that Scott is finally listening to the podcast, I, th- I think it's very fitting that we cut him right out of the equation, at least for the time being. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you know that thing of when you ship a couple so hard for so long that in your mind they become your OTP? Do you know that thing? And then when it happens, when they finally get together, it's maybe kind of a little disappointing? Um, uh, <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. Did you get that a little bit with this book? You know who I'm worried about with this book, man? Who? Trip Man. <laughs> what about Trip Man? Yeah, what's that? What's, what's going on that? with him? Is he okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm not into it. <laughs> it's maybe your OTP. It's not my OTP. Um, we're gonna get into that, but what we're gonna do first is we're gonna introduce this podcast. Okay. Hi, 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 and welcome, and welcome to the Babysitters Club Club, a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, discuss the. <laughs> Fuck you. And that guy. And like everyone else in New York who <laughs> has a fucking car. Discuss the classic novels in the epic cycle of sitters. Yeah. The sitters cycle. I'm going to stop you now. Yep. I edited the last episode. Mm-hmm. I cut every single Fuck instance you. of you saying princess. No. And Martin. Why? So you might as well drop it now. How fucking dare you? Because it's never going to come. It's never going to come through. Wow. Well, you're editing this one. It's dead. It's dead on the cutting room floor. In the cycle of sitters by Princeton's own princess. No. 
Annabelle. No, you Matthews, can't layer on Martin more shit. The first. You have no. There's no proof that her name was Annabelle. Annabelle Matthews. Martin Although it is A N N, not A N N. The Great. E. So maybe it is Annabelle. Yeah, of course it is. I'm sure it is. I don't even need to look it up. I found someone at the University of British Columbia whose name is Anne Martin Matthews. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> we should get her on the show. <laughs> she's a she's a professor of sociology. Oh my god, we definitely need to get her on the show. And Martin Matthews, if you're listening right now, give us a call. We would love to have you on the show to discuss the next book, Dawn's Wicked Stepsister. Oh, boy. And Martin Matthews. Dawn has a stepsister? Yeah. When did that happen? I'll I'll tell you when it happened in the next book. It actually does happen in this book. Dawn does get a stepsister in this book. Wait. You just said Dawn and the Wicked Stepsister. (gasps) Shit, and I made a joke like a like. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Joke about Don's wicked stepsister, but dude, John Don literally gets a stepsister in this book, book number thirty. I Marianne and the Great Romance. I swear to God, I didn't catch that. I was like, <laughs> Don's wicked stepsister. Who's it going to be? <laughs> it's it's Marianne. It's Marianne. Yeah, that happens in this. Do you remember the book we just read? No, that just blew my mind. Yeah. But I like I couldn't imagine Marianne being described. In these particular terms. She was pretty salty in this book. Yeah, I fucking totally lost my good opinion of Marianne in this book. Did you also lose your good opinion of Richard? Richard Spear. We finally learned his first name. Yeah, we <laughs> finally learned his first name, Baby Nation. His name is Richard Spear. Richard. That's a powerful name. I had some mixed feelings about him. He did some stuff in this book that wasn't my number one favorite. He kind of loosened up a little bit, though. Yeah. He let them get Chinese food at one point. Yeah, I think this is going to go well. <laughs> but we haven't told the Baby Nation what this book is or what it's about. Anne Matthews Martin's real name mm-hmm. is Anne. 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 Listen, here's what we have to do, and I must do this. I'm going to have to take the reins back from you here. I'm going to say the title of the book that we're fucking talking about. Yeah, I already it's said it. Mary Anne and the Great Romance. Yep. By Anne Matthews Martin, by Princess. Nope. Annabelle. It's Princeton's own and Matthews Martin. I'm going to cut everything you just said and just layer in me saying it right. How dare you? What we're going to do here uh, for the Baby Nation, yeah. who may not have read this book, yeah. I believe. Jack. What? Before we get into it. Christ. It's been weeks, man. Yeah, it's been a little while. We've been we've been apart. Yeah, we've been aw- we've been away from each we're other. We're back in the saddle. Yeah, yeah, it feels good. This is fresh and new. It feels good. I it- was in France, yep. as stated in episode twenty eight, when I was trying to learn French in the outro. Well, you were getting taught French by an expert. Yep. Yep. And then you were in L.A. Mm-hmm. And now we're back. Now we're back. And next week you're going to be. I'm going to be in far flung back Italia. in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Speak some Italian to me right now. Uh, how about some Dante? <laughs> okay. Nel mezzo di cammin di nostra vita mi ritrovai in una selva oscura dove la dritta via oscura. That's cool. You just have that on deck. Yeah. In the middle way of my life, I found myself in a dark forest where the way was obscured. It's the first three lines of the Inferno. Yeah, cool. You just got that on deck. I just got it. I just got that on deck. God, you know what that reminds me of? What? A review. <laughs> yeah. I just read earlier today. Uh-huh. Uh, let, let me see if I can dig it up. I don't quite remember it. Like it was all pretty It was a bad. Like we get a lot of good reviews and thank you Baby Nation. We love you. Yeah. We kiss you. Well, uh, Baby Nation, we love you and we kiss you and we don't say enough how grateful we are for the very nice reviews that you leave on iTunes. And so please keep leaving them. Do continue like it to it, leave it definitely helps the show and it gives us the fuel to keep recording and we love it and we love you and we kiss you. But we do have a few bad reviews. 
not bad. They're not bad. These are not bad people. They just have. They're good people with different views about what's good. Just different, different minded people mm-hmm. out there. And one of them I want to draw attention to, um, <laughs> which I loved. I just thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Which is also, I should say, ranked the second least helpful review. So, like, good on you, Baby Nation, for burying this. Yeah, bullshit. thank you, Baby Nation, for saying that that review is unhelpful. Here's a review we got <laughs> that I think rings super true, especially in light of recent events of you quoting Dante off the top of your dome. This review is from Karu. The mm-hmm. title is Wanted to Like This, but <laughs> bland faced emoji. Is the emoji smiling? No, it's going, uh. <laughs> okay. I don't like it. <laughs> Wanted to like this, but, uh. Yeah. I'm kind of stunned by the amount of positive reviews for this podcast. Maybe people just really enjoy the comedy duo shtick, but Jack's pretentious ramblings push him past straight man to pompous control freak. This is addressed in the show by Tanner, who often pokes fun at Jack's personality, but not enough for it to seem like an act. Jack straight up disturbs me. He's the kind of student in your class who talks to hear his own voice and whose literary analogies aren't supported by the text. Groan. I can totally get behind all the conspiracy theories, thank you, Uh, but not when this whole project seems to serve Jack's ego. Tanner, please find a new friend and start a podcast with him. I'm worried for you. Wow. Karu, thank you for your concern, Um, but... did. Can I ask you right now on a sib, look me in the eye? Yeah. Did you write that review? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> and I don't agree. What I was going to say was, Karu, thank you for the kind words yeah. and the concern. But um, Jack and I are, are close personal friends, and I, I actually love and appreciate his stupid <laughs> pedant wow. nature. Thank you, I guess. This insufferable, know-it-all nerd in the class trying to impress the TA. I would like, just briefly, and then we, for the love of Christ, have to move on. Yeah. To push a little bit back and say, as in the example that you've just witnessed, Tanner specifically asked me to quote something in Italian. Yeah. And you quote... You and mean- I chose the greatest Italian writer yeah. of all time for a little piece of flavor. Right. So... That's not off topic. That's exactly what you would do when the teacher asks you to raise your hand and give the correct answer. That's true. It's in no way um, straight up disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. But, but, uh, thank you for all your nice reviews, everyone except Karu. And Karu, please keep I, I'm rating. sure you're still listening to the podcast. Please keep rating. <laughs> but please I keep also reviewing. appreciate your, uh, your opinion. Yep. Let's talk about this fucking book that we read this week. Here's what I'm going to do. Ladies and gentlemen of Baby Nation. Yeah. Baby boys, baby girls, baby bees. You know what I'm going to do. What he's going to do is he's going to put I'm gonna just, 60 seconds no, on the clock. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock, and Tanner's going to fill in the details. What did we leave out? I'm going to give you a brief back-of-the-book oh, blurb. Yeah, I forgot about your thing. A little description of what happens in this book, which is called Marianne and the Great Romance. I'm going to begin now. When they were teenagers... They had a whirlwind romance during a summer neither would ever forget. But now, 20 years later, Richard Spear is a successful, self-made lawyer who follows the rules, keeps things orderly, and believes in the importance of discipline and old-fashioned values. And Sharon Porter is an artistic free spirit full of fiery passions, flights of fancy, and big dreams for her future. 
Thrown together by chance after more than two decades apart, these polar opposites discover that they have absolutely nothing in common except temptation, urgent desire, and the furious erotic energy of a white-hot flame that never went out. Marianne and the Great Romance. Book number 30 of The Babysitter Cycle. Dinner? It's good. You made it sound like a fucky romance novel. <laughs> is, that, is that a real adjective? <laughs> I think so. I made it sound kind of fucky. Like it's a romance novel with a lot of fucking in it, <laughs> and that's not what this was. There's some racy stuff that's in, in kind the of, There's one particularly racy so, yeah, passage. You, bo- you got sure the racy we'll passage. Yeah. There is Baby Nation. There is a legit racy passage. Did you see, and I don't want this to be a segment because it's visual oriented. Oh, great. Tanner's about to introduce a new segment based on. uh, Did you see the picture of Mr. Spear in the back of the the book? Superb rat. He's a nerd. Oh, shit. (laughs) Look at him. Uh, Mr. Spear. God, he's the nerdiest dude in the world. What's happening here? Uh, Baby Nation is that we're doing a thing that Tanner likes to do, which is one of my least favorite things, which we're looking at pictures and describing them for you. But the picture in question is the picture of Marianne and Dawn's family. Yeah, Marianne, uh, Dawn, Jeff, that's Sharon, in the, in the and back Richard. of this book. And Mr. Spear does look like like a like a he crazy looks like a nineteen thirties banker. Like he's yeah. like bald. He's got these like nerdy dorky glasses on. Yeah, Do- and he's wearing a full suit. Yeah. Like a three piece. He's wearing suit. a full suit for like what is obviously like everyone else is wearing like Jeez. Marianne and Don are wearing sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like it's just like a family. It's like a Sunday. And most interestingly, uh, uh, Sharon Porter, Don's mom, yeah. has. Sharon Spear? Well, we don't know. We don't know. We don't dare to presume. Sharon Spear is making the same face that. What's the name of the person who negatively reviewed our podcast? Karu. <laughs> <laughs> she's making the same face. Uh, <laughs> she's like, uh, two stars for this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, she could have gone to trip, but yeah, she could have gone to trip, but she went to him. He went to her. We're going to talk about it. But what we're going to do first, before we discuss any of the details of this book, is we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. And during those 60 seconds, my colleague here is going to describe... Exactly what happened in the book. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give the Baby Nation a little insight into what the fuck happened here, all the details. Are you ready, my friend? Yep. All right, I'm going to hit start right now. Do, 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 do. Love's in the air, Baby Nation. Uh, there's a new um, marriage. There, this is not the first marriage in Stony Brook, and it won't be the last, but um, Mr. Spear finally went to her. He went to her, uh, and he has proposed to... Mrs. Um, Schaefer or Miss Miss Destiny Wait, Porter Porter. Don't Sorry. get hung up on the names, Ooh. my friend. The time uh, is ticking by. Um, she, um, the girls are doing stuff. It doesn't matter. Um, Mr. Spear says, "I want to throw Mrs. Schaefer a surprise party, um, a birthday party where we go to Chez Maurice, and uh, they have a nice dinner. And at the end of dinner, um, it's for her birthday. And at the end of dinner, she um, they they get a cake. It's a birthday cake, and on one of the candles is a uh, engagement ring. She says yes. They get married. Um, there's probably a B plot, but I don't really remember. Sixty what it seconds. Is. <laughs> wow, you really front loaded that. <laughs> uh, there is a B plot. The B plot. Let me see if I can remember now that I'm clear-minded yeah um 
Do you, you go into like a trance when you do these? The girls, yeah, <laughs> the twins, yeah, Carolyn and Marilyn, yeah, are having trouble, yeah. uh, despite the fact that their problems have have slightly been solved in Mallory and the trouble with twins. Trouble with twins. They still are having issues, sort of separating their lives, right, and and being two discrete individuals. Yeah, and this is. Like, the B-plot and the A-plot in this book, as so often is the case when Anne M. Martin really gets going, yeah, really speak to each other. Yeah. And this is a novel that is, in many ways, about themes of union and schism and about the... Just thinking of Caro. <laughs> <laughs> Just channeling Caro. <laughs> I swear to God, I believe that you wrote that fucking review. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Uh Union and schism, uh-huh. talking about the fault lines that lie along every relationship, right? Uh-huh. When two people come together, there's always a fault line there. Oh, is that the case with your relationship with your wife? But this is weird. I don't. <laughs> me and my wife are fine. There's no fault lines. Like, we're good. We love each other very much. We understand one another completely. I think if you don't realize that there's an opportunity for Fisher in a relationship, mm-hmm. that is its own problem right if you're not aware that you know it sounds pretty ideal to me you're different people with different needs i'm gonna i'm gonna jamie Mm -hmm. jamie green ring can i is it okay if i address your wife i guess you and tanner have a beautiful relationship yeah i literally married you i recognize as an outsider yeah that you are two different people with different needs that need to be met through compromise through understanding Okay, Sarah. I I also recognize that you and Jack are two different people. To, this is like and this is like guys... when you play chess and the other person just kind of like mirrors exactly what you're doing. God, if we ever play chess, that's exactly what I would do. Oh God, man! And I know an opening for when someone's doing that that mates in like four. Well, I'm gonna learn an opening <laughs> for people who know an opening man. where people mirror. Them. This has been chess talk. Uh, you threw me off. The, you threw me off. Listen, this is a novel that is about. The fault lines that happen in a relationship, uh-huh. and sometimes... Okay, here's the key moment. Ready? Yep. This is the key line in this text. This is the keystone of this building that Anne M. Martin built for us. Funny, thought Stacy. The twins had changed so much. They'd been allowed to go their separate ways, and now they had their own rooms and their own friends. Yet they seemed closer than ever. Was that what moving apart could do? Make you grow closer? It was something to think about. Are you the twins? Are you recommending that Baby Nation move away <laughs> from the from the people person, they love, the person that you love the most? No, but what I'm saying is that in this novel we have two examples, right? The twins are sisters who share everything, and they learn after fighting. And after an earthquake in their relationship, uh-huh. they learn to be friends again, to love each other again by growing further apart, by giving themselves distance. Okay. Marianne and Dawn yeah. have that distance and they're best friends, but they're brought together as sisters and everything fucking falls apart. Right. They share, start to share a room and it's a fucking, it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got Richard and Sharon. Right. Who were together, and then they were apart, and then they're together Together again, again, yeah. And it's there are a few fractures already in this relationship, Jack. One of which I'm very curious to hear your take on. Yeah. After the wedding, Mm -hmm. the wedding has happened. Richard and Sharon are one. Right. They're at the reception. We're not sure literally yet. No, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get Uh, to that. They're at the reception at Chez Marie 
Maurice. Maurice. Uh-huh. They're at Chamari, and <laughs> um, Richard leans over and offers Sharon a bite of his veal roast. Oh yeah, and she recoils in horror. Yeah, as a health food, a vegetarian. Yeah, like, no, that nut. that like Baby Nation. I have been. Oh, and and he and he looks hurt. Yeah, he looks hurt. No, exactly. I'm a huge fan of Mr. Spear. Today, there were some fault lines in our relationship. <laughs> and you no longer you no longer looked into the mirror and saw yourself. Yeah, well, especially now that I've seen that picture. <laughs> I don't know, man. That picture's pretty <laughs> me in ten years. Accurate. I no longer looked into the mirror and saw myself. There was a moment in this book that Tanner just described that was deeply disturbing. It's literally the moment, the day of their wedding. Yeah. The day of their reunion. And the first thing that he does is he's like, she's a fucking vegetarian. She, he, and he knows that, And right? he knows it. She's a fucking vegetarian. Like, let's yeah. by no means get into the politics of it. Sometimes you make choices in life. Sometimes you're a Seems vegetarian. Seems like you're trying to get into the politics of it. No, no, no. We're not going to. Okay. Sometimes you're a vegetarian. Sometimes this is you're not, not. This is not a podcast for your vegan credos. <laughs> that, that's not what this is about. He knows that she's a vegetarian on their wedding day at their wedding dinner. He fucking, he's like, hey, hey baby, do you want a forkful of veal? He doesn't even like, he doesn't even ask her. He just, he's just like, he's just like, he's like, try some of my veal. veal. And she's like, she's like, no thanks, Richard. Like, as you know, I'm a lifelong vegetarian and have visited that upon my daughter. Yeah. I think it's really weird that on their wedding night, he offers her veal knowing that she's a vegetarian and then has the audacity to be wounded that she rejected it. Yeah, pretty fucked up. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to um, make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, Like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, And in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate 
whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. Um, is it? Is there anything else that's going to happen on their wedding night, Tanner? Oh, boy. <laughs> is there? <laughs> Listen, Baby Nation, we're not reading into things here. Oh, I, yeah. I captured it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, Something's going to happen on the wedding night. <laughs> Good. Jack covered his face and turned away from the mic in embarrassment. They're like, this is their second marriage and they both have kids. Yeah. Um, as but, Baby Nation knows, yeah. there's a tradition with, with marriages. Yeah. And I you, assume this is what you captured. Yeah. You get something borrowed. Something borrowed. Something used. It's something old and something new. Something borrowed, something blue. Right. Yeah. Mrs. Schaefer, Miss Porter, Mrs. Spear. All one person, Baby Nation, in case you haven't been reading along. Has something borrowed. Right. It's like she borrowed... A like Marianne, necklace. Marianne and uh, Dawn, who are about to become stepsisters. Buried lead, by the way. Yeah. Oh, no. Earrings. She, Marianne no, and necklace. Dawn... It's a get, brooch. It's a brooch. No. It's earrings. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Marianne and Dawn, who are about to become stepsisters, realize that they're not going to get the wedding that they wanted. They're not going to get a great big blowout wedding. They're just going to do it fast because, like, everything has to happen within one year in Stony Brook. So they just need to get it done within a week after the proposal. Yeah. So they settle on the thing that they're concerned about is that Dawn's mom followed this particular tradition of having something old and something new, something borrowed and something blue. Yep. And they're like, well, we ticked it off. Like, we know she's got something old. She's, she's wearing, wearing an old antique brooch. brooch. Yeah, we know she's that wearing she's got something earrings. borrowed. She borrowed the... She borrowed some sapphire borrowed earrings. The sapphire earrings. She's wearing earrings. a new... Sorry, sorry. She's wearing a, um old dress. She got old. Nope. She's wearing a... Blue. Borrowed dress? Jesus no. Christ. Let me new just dress. do it. Let me no. just do it. Old. Let something me just borrowed do it. something. We know that she's got something new. Old. Something. She's wearing old. an old dress. <laughs> no, she's not wearing an old dress. Listen, we know that she has something old. We know that she has. What something... are the four things? Fuck you. Something so hard borrowed. Right something now. blue. He's something just, new and something he old. He just couldn't let me just say it. What are the four things? <laughs> something old. Something new. Something borrowed and something blue. Do you want to say it? Just don't say new until the end because that's the important part. Something and borrowed. Make up literally anything you want for the old. No, the borrowed, can't make it up. People read along with us. No. <laughs> something borrowed was a pair of sapphire earrings. Something used was... It's not used isn't a thing. <laughs> You're so bad at this. <laughs> What's it again? You're so insanely bad at this. What was the fourth Wait, thing? who's the person? Karu? What was the fourth Karu, thing? Karu, are you still... If you're still listening to this, if you're still listening to this, Karu, just can tell I tell me, you the other side? The fourth can I fucking are. tell you the other side of the story? Which is like, sure. I Look, I get it. I can... I sometimes can be a little bit pedantic. <laughs> On the other side of this equation is a motherfucker who is just like, God, I, I, Karu, like I have such a short attention span. You know what, what are you doing? <laughs> something borrowed, something new, something foreign. What was it? <laughs> and you just keep digging yourself deeper. Like I, I'm willing to do this work for you. I am willing to do this work for just you. Quit insulting me and run through the four <laughs> things. 
Something old and something new. Something borrowed, something blue. What we something need to do old. to land No, before I before you continue, what we need to do to land this joke, which has now gone on for five <laughs> fucking minutes, is for you to skip over what the something new no, is. No, it's so okay, you something can say old. something old. Something old is the, skip the, the, the brooch. And then blue. Something old is the brooch. Yep. Something borrowed uh-huh. is the sapphire. Nope, sapphire is blue. <laughs> Is the dress? Just make something up. Sure, something borrowed is the dress. Let's just say that for the sake of Baby Nation something is not stupid. Is dress. Like, let's say it's something like the dress. Something borrowed is the dress. Okay. Something blue is the sapphire earring. Okay, but what's the something new? And I have the quote written down. <laughs> Guys, you're gonna cut all that. We're gonna cut all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope not. I hope not. I want the baby nation to know. As soon as we had given the waiter our orders, I leaned over to Don and whispered, Did your mom ever find something new to wear today? <laughs> yep. <laughs> she replied, giggling. She got new underwear. <laughs> which which she plans to to wear to their... Wedding night. Wedding night. For intercourse. The local. Look, they're going (laughs) to. You're just coming out, huh? Yeah. For intercourse. Look, this is. It's going to happen. It's going to be intercourse. And Martin just threw that in there. It's not like, honestly. (laughs) It's for intercourse. It's for for when they have relations. Yeah. They're going to have relations. For the first time. Well, I'm glad we got through that. (sighs) I was not. I wrote that down. I was not expecting to spend 20 minutes on it. Well, moving on, baby nation. Uh. I've got a few things, my man. Here's who I'm worried about, man. I brought this up in the intro. Okay. What about Trip? Trip is the gentleman who was dating uh, Don's mom prior to uh, Mr. Spear, and in fact, during Mr. Spear, if I may say so, without sounding slightly odd. Don's mom dates around. Okay. I think it's 2016. She can do whatever she wants. It's not. It's 1989. 1989. She can do whatever she wants. That's the way it works, Jack. I mean, 1989, she still ethically could do whatever she wants. Here's the other thing we know, Jack. Mm-hmm. There's an equilibrium. Right. As established in Claudia and Sad Goodbye, there's an equilibrium. Mm-hmm. When one relationship ends, right. another must begin. And when right. one relationship begins, another must end. Right. Mr. Spear went to her. He went to her, and I don't think we've emphasized this enough. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm willing to. I'm willing to 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 eat my hat on this one a little bit. Their love. Can I never know. Die. I said I was hoping that Mr. Spear and Mrs. McGill would end up together, but yeah. I that was that was me being pessimistic. Right. I'm glad that Mr. Spear and Mrs. Schaefer slash Mrs. Spear slash Miss Porter mm-hmm. ended up together, but. I'm worried about Trip. I'm worried about Mrs. McGill, and I'm worried about the equilibrium. What's going to happen? Right. Another relationship now must fall apart. Right. Let like let's think of who is in a recent relationship. Uh, one obvious example comes to mind: mm-hmm. Marianne and Logan. Wow. I think that Marianne and Logan, for what it's worth, probably don't follow the rules of uh-huh. this particular uh-huh. universe. Okay. Logan exists outside of the spectrum of what happens in Stony Brook. He's okay, an outsider. So name another relationship that you think is cowering in the in the tidal wave that is the love of Mr. and Mrs. Spear. The relationship between Don and Marianne. Mm. You think that seems pretty fucking solid? It seems after really this good. Book? Yeah, it seems good. Don and Marianne Tanner. Yeah. Basically stop being friends in this book. 
Um, you know who I think the the relationship that falls apart is? What? Who? One romantic. It's a one to one. A romantic okay. relationship is born. Great. Mr. Spear and Miss Porter is is continued. They've loved each other since they were kids. A romantic relationship ends. Okay. Trip man <laughs> and, <laughs> and Miss Porter. Porter. Yeah. That was a beautiful relationship, <laughs> man. Trip seemed like the coolest dude in the Baby world. Baby Nation, it's hard to describe to you how shitty of a dude Trip was. And you tortoiseshell glasses, <laughs> golfer, like Bizbro. Yeah. Yeah. God, what a cool dude. So Trip Man, we're worried about. Yep. What do you think about Gazi Kunkka? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to think about Gazi Kunkka, because at first I thought, okay, so Gazi Kunkka, yeah, baby we, nation. <laughs> this, we're not just making shit up right now. Marilyn and Carolyn, as established, are having troubles. Right. Carolyn seems to have um, flourished socially since the, the schism. Mm-hmm. Carolyn has, has become kind of a social butterfly. She has made a lot of new friends. She's very outgoing. She's, very, um, she's, she's a Claudia. Marilyn has been having trouble. Marilyn has sort of collapsed in on herself. She's very reserved. She's very conservative. She's a Janine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's not making many friends. So maybe she invents a friend. It's Im- impossible to tell because this book ends on a fucking cliffhanger. Yeah, which we'll get into later. But like, we don't <sighs> get anything. The, uh, so Marilyn talks about her her one friend who's in the grade above her. Right, and her name is. Gazi Kunka. She's the daughter of a diplomat. She's the daughter of a diplomat. She's from another country. Yep. Gazi. Gazi Kunka. Mm-hmm. What country do you think that is? Australia? I don't care to speculate. It doesn't come out whether or not Gazi Kunka is real. The babies, yeah. the babysitters at the end of the book speculate that Gazi Kunka is probably not real. But it's like fucking Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Like, yeah. before we can find out, yeah. the book ends in a goddamn cliffhanger. Yeah, you introduced Gazi Kunka in the first act. <laughs> she better show up in the third act. Someone's Gazi Kunk is going to kill someone yeah. in the third act. <laughs> but look, look, we are right on the heels of a book in which a mysterious figure named John was introduced. Yep. Jesse and the Superb Rat, which Baby Bees, if you haven't listened to that episode, you won't know what we're talking about. But if you do listen to that episode, you will know what we're talking about. That's how this works. Great. <laughs> I feel like I explained that well. Yep. We're on the heels of a book in which Anne Matthews Martin does this exact same thing. She introduces a mysterious character that we never see, and we're asked to question whether they exist in the minds of the major players in Stony Brook or, or exists on this corporeal plane. And Gazi Kunkka is that. Because this book yeah. ends in a fucking cliffhanger. This book ends. Okay. Something we need to talk about is the fact that this book ends in is a cliffhanger. Is that you do us, Anne? And We're 30 books in, you end us on a fucking cliffhanger? Yeah. Here's what we get with the, the cliffhanger. Mrs. Schaefer stood on her chair. She turned her back and tossed the bouquet over her shoulder. It was heading straight for Dawn and me. We both jumped for it. To be continued in book number 31. Come on, Anne. Come on, Anne. And let me tell you something else, Anne. Anne. What? <laughs> Anne. While I have your attention. Yeah. Miss Martin. Ms. Martin. Ms. Martin. Madame. Martin. Matthews. Martin. <laughs> Martin. I just, I've already bought 30 of these fucking books on my fucking iBooks. <laughs> I'm hooked. Maybe sales don't were you down? I don't know. Dare. Don't you dare, Miss Martin. Fucking try to reel me in to book number 31 with a cliffhanger. I'm going to read it. Anyway, let's not dwell on this. I had a question that I wanted to ask you. Yep. 
And it's a question that only two people who have known each other for a very long time would ever ask one another. Okay. And so I hope you'll join me. Do you have a... editing these fucking things i never know what to do with all of that extra shit but i just put it all in <laughs> yeah. i add an echo effect and put it all in <laughs> did you have a burn of the week my friend hell yeah good hell yeah i did did you this is a this yeah i did this is a book that was kind of full of full of burns there are a lot of burns in this book oh really i was gonna say it was a burn light book there, there are some burns i i captured a number uh, uh, i had a few and then i i deleted them all because they were a little on the nose okay uh, there's a lot of petty name-calling. There are a couple that reminded me of you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do mine first. Great. Dad and Sharon uh-huh. had walked about three steps when I began to cry. This is the wedding. Uh-huh. This is the ceremony. Uh-huh. Everything was just so beautiful and <laughs> meaningful. I fingered my pearl necklace, and the tears started falling faster. Don nudged me. I hope you have Kleenex, she whispered loudly. <laughs> I nodded, of course I did. I'm never without them. My burn of the week is Dawn, like, razzing. <laughs> the Marianne, like, I captured that moment as well. Marianne burns herself. Because Dawn says, I hope you have Kleenex. And Marianne then says, yeah, dog. Of course like, I did. I've al- I always fucking have Kleenex. That was my fucking burn of the week, man. Marianne can't stop crying at any moment. Um, I don't care if it's a Marianne self-burn or a Dawn burn. Yeah. That was my burn of the week. (laughs) Marianne starts crying, and they both, like, roll their eyes and look at each other and like, oh, here we go again. (laughs) You know what I thought you were going to pick as your burn of the week? And then I'm going to get to do my own burn. (laughs) It's between Marilyn and Carolyn. They have this repartee where they're talking about playing 7-Up. And Carolyn says, yeah, but we got to play 7-Up in our classrooms. That's a dumb game, said Marilyn. You're a dumb person. <laughs> Sick, <laughs> it's a good burn. I don't, I'm surprised that you didn't pick that as your burn of the week. Because that that's some shit. Good. That's like right out of the Tanner playbook. Right yeah. I would say 10 times a day yeah. when you IM me at work, mm-hmm. I resist the urge to say whatever you just said back at you <laughs> as an insult. Yeah. You're like, let's meet at 7. And I always write out, I'll meet your mom at 7. <laughs> And then just delete it. I was like, no, I'm better than that. <laughs> Good. I had a burn of the week. We're going to run through it super quick because we're coming to our weary end here. Ugh. Here's my burn. And it speaks to a lot of the themes that I've been talking about so far in this episode. Yes. Related to the fault lines that lie alongside our relationships. Mine and yours? Well, Maybe. Maybe. I meant it in a generic sense. The relationships that we as humans have with other humans. Okay. Because you said we we have with each other. And in Stony Brook in particular, yeah, there is something that's going wrong. The relationships that we have come to count on are fraying. Even as this book, which, as you know, is an, an epithalamium, uh-huh. a wedding song. Uh-huh. It's a book about unions. Uh-huh. It's a book about two people coming together. Yep, four They're, people. Sure. Yep. It's specifically about two people coming together in wedding, in uh-huh, holy matrimony. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
There are also relationships that are fraying. Okay. And that speaks to my burn of <laughs> the week. Oh, God, I, I totally forgot the segment we were on. It's this. Uh-huh. Christy is upset that Marianne didn't tell her that she and Don are going to be sisters. Right. Which, who wouldn't be? When you're best friends? Yeah. That's a pretty big thing that you would want to tell someone. The way that Marianne deals with it is that she slips into Christie's back pocket during a hug in a babysitter's club meeting. Yep. A little note. Yeah. Here's what the note reads. Like a magic trick. Dear Christie, as you and I grow up, we'll have lots of friends and lots of things will change. But one thing can never change. You are my very first... <laughs> best friend the tense the tense on that is so important right like that's what takes it from like a meaningful tearful moment to burn of the week is is just the tense it's brutal because it's not you are yeah my very first best friend it's you were my very first best friend it's brutal yeah right yeah oh shit like yeah okay so their relationship is done. Yeah, you were yeah. my first best friend. That can never change because it literally can't change. It's in the fucking history books. And let me emphasize history books. Yeah, um, we got to move on. We got to move on because oh, speaking of tearful moments. Oh, <laughs> did I? Did ha- you have Jack Jazz Jazz? <laughs> Good. Have a creak dubstep. Good. Um, let me pick one. Yeah, because this was a. T- it was a TM. Despite you know what, despite TM heavy week, despite our irreverent treatment of this particular novel, uh, it was one that was full of tears. It was a beautiful story of the union between two people who love each other very, very much. Yep, like this podcast. <laughs> uh, Marianne is starting to have second thoughts about becoming Dawn's stepsister, and part of the reason for that is that Miss Porter doesn't like cats yeah (laughs) it sounds like something you gravitate towards yeah and she says to her dad what about tigger you heard what don's mother said says mr spear tigger will be welcome but mrs schaefer doesn't like cats that's true says richard but no matter where we lived she would have to put up with him he's part of the package he comes with our family Another way of describing this book is that it is about a woman who fucking hates cats, yeah. <laughs> who's marrying a man who doesn't particularly like cats. Who happens to have a daughter who is so a cat. into cats. Yeah. And, and fucking Mr. Spear stands up for her. Yeah. And Tigger's part of their fucking family. Sure. But also more fractures because right at the end, yeah. right before the cliffhanger ending, Marianne hears Ms. Porter, Mrs. Spear, say in an exasperated tone, Ugh, I don't know. We're going to have to clean up after this fucking mongrel cat every day. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure that was the exact quote. I didn't capture it, but it was something. Something very similar to that. Very similar to that. She hates cats. Right. And even though she pretends to Marianne that she loves cats, she says, No, I love Tigger. Hey, watch me um, pat Tigger on the head in a perfunctory, uncomfortable manner 
to assure you that I do indeed love cats. She fucking she pats hates him. Cats. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's bullshit. My tearful moment uh-huh. of the week. Um, let me ask you on record. Let me ask you. Did you have a tearful moment? By the time Claudia left, Dad was also dressed. Mm-hmm. He looked quite natty, his word, in his new shoes and gray suit. He came into my room to see how I looked. Lovely, he said softly. Marianne, said Dad, come sit next to me on the bed. Okay, I said. When I sat down, I realized that Dad was holding a box in his hand. This is for you, he said. Open it. I did so. Inside lay a pearl necklace. For me? I couldn't help but exclaim. Yes, said Dad. Belonged to your mother. He's going to give it to you on your 16th birthday, but somehow I think today is more appropriate. Do you want me to fasten it to you? Yes, please, I said, trying not to cry. That is the moment that I burst into tears. I can't handle dead Mrs. Spear. His wife died, and he sees her in Marianne. He looks at Marianne, and he sees the beautiful young woman who he fell in love with all those years ago. Beautiful. Beautiful. Tearful. Tearful. Did that not make you tear up that moment? You're damn fucking right it made me tear up. It's Mr. Spear, your yeah. hotspot. It's yeah. Mr. Spear talking about the love for his dead wife, yep. your hotspot. Yep. It's Mr. Mister Spear comparing his daughter to the love of his life, right. your hotspot. Mm-hmm. It's like Jack Jack Central over there. Yeah, it's also a sweet fashion moment. Sweet fashion moment. Yeah. <laughs> your hotspot. <laughs> yeah. Jack, yes. wrap it up. Wrapping up, didn't you have another hot segment that you were gonna hot hot segment you were gonna introduce? Nope, you didn't have something you wanted to talk about. Didn't you have a? Uh... I don't think so. I think it's pretty fucked up that Marianne has never heard of tomatoes before. <laughs> did you catch that? Yeah, I fucking <laughs> legit did catch that. There's a lot of weird food shit in this one, yeah. and I wanted to ask why has Marianne never heard of fucking tomatoes before? <laughs> <laughs> you have to read the quote because that's a real thing. I captured that as well. It stood the fuck out to me. Starting dinner is my job. Dad usually gets home between six o'clock and six thirty, and I'm usually home around six, so I get things going. That morning, we had decided to heat up lasagna that we'd made a few weeks ago and frozen and to toss a salad to go with it. So as soon as I'd fed Tigger, I set the oven, then got out the makings for a really super salad. Lettuce, carrots, mushrooms, red and green peppers, cucumbers, olives, celery, hard-boiled eggs, and these salty things my father likes (laughs) to call sun-dried tomatoes. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they are, Marianne. You've never heard of tomatoes, Marianne? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's a new concept to you tomatoes <laughs> my father likes to call sun-dried tomatoes <laughs> who knows <laughs> what they are my father uh, like i'm a huge fan of these things called green peppers but my father <laughs> really loves these things called red peppers <laughs> so i included them on the salad yeah. it's like a little exotic for my taste there's but... a there's another like weird vegetable moment in this book where don is like searching through the vegetable drawer and she finds a high heel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> belonging to her mom. It's like supposed to be this scene that's like Marianne's like, is that a tomato? <laughs> it's like it's a, yeah. It's Anna Martin's way, I think, of showing that like Don's mom is super scatterbrained right. and like Mr. Spear is super buttoned up and like that's the tension in this book. But like a high heel in the vegetable drawer, like that's it's not calculated. scatterbrained. <laughs> I w- I wonder if it's like a sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know. <laughs> we know, Baby Nation. some weird <laughs> sex stuff. That they're going to have relations. 
on their wedding night. It is all but broadcasted in this text. Mr. Spear is into <laughs> cold foot stuff. <laughs> He's, into, yeah. He's into cold foot play. Yeah. <laughs> Who's not? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to make me a salad, Miss Porter? <laughs> Put some dried tomatoes on it. Yeah. You dirty girl. Baby Nation, I'm sorry you had to hear that. I'm sorry you had to hear all of this. I'm sorry you had to hear this episode. I love you and I kiss you. We're going to wrap up now. I want to, before Jack closes out Uh the podcast, I just want to remind you again to rate, review, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Say nice things. Please only leave four and five star reviews. No (laughs) carews, no two and one star reviews, please. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and to email us at Jack and Tanner at babysittersclubclub.com and we will read your email on a future episode if we are so inclined. Today's outro music and intro music once again was oh by God. our favorite band, The Superb Super Rat. Rat. The Superb Rat. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can download their album Dawn on the Coast on Bandcamp and I encourage you to do so. It is very good. Mm-hmm. Jack. Take it away! Ladies and gentlemen of the Baby Nation, another episode of the Babysitter's Club Club. I have been Jack Shepard. I've been Tanner Greenring. This week we read Marianne and the Great Romance. Next week we're reading the second book in this cliffhanger, which is called Dawn's Wicked Stepsister, and which I have learned (laughs) in the course of this episode is a reference to Marianne herself. Yep. Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. All right, we're going to do another audio check here. Audio I'm gonna, check. I w- here's what I want to do. I want to talk in a variety of different formats. Where's your Look, hat from? From Lapland Lake. It's, it's, hands- it's a handsome hat. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that is skirting the sexual harassment <laughs> boundaries. Your head and your face dictated. look very handsome in that hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're pushing the limits. I think you're still fine, but you're right on the edge of it. <laughs> You're right on the edge. Listen, I'm starting at the hat, and I'm working my way down, and I like what I see. (laughs) Still talking about the hat.